Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 46 of Level Up, 60 minutes of live Q&A, where your questions and votes really do drive everything that we do. Use the Slido link that we're going to post into the chat to vote up the questions that you most would like answered, and of course, to add your own for the panel to answer live. Level Up is live, streamed to YouTube and to LinkedIn, Mondays at 8am GMT and Fridays at 2pm. And we're really looking forward to your contribution today. You can find out much more about what we do by visiting our website, which is apmg-international.com. The whole show, as I said, is actually driven by you. So please get those questions in and vote up the questions that you most want answered. Today, we're going to be talking all about building your career in project management, a topic that we get so many questions about early career people, mid-career people, and so on. So we've brought together a diverse panel from across the world uh, to help answer your questions and share their experience with you. So let's jump straight in. We'll meet our panel who are waiting for your questions. Ray Babalola is an Agile learning specialist and coach. She's the founder of the Agile Squad. She's a qualified Scrum Master and highly experienced project manager. Welcome back to the panel again, Ray. Great to see you. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm especially excited to be here to give um, all the advice that I learned um, during my, my self-taught journey as a project manager. Thank you for having me again. Perfect. I think, yeah, I think most of us are like that. We kind of, you know, fall into these kinds of situations. We volunteer. We volunteer, don't we? And then we get <laughs> asked to do a little bit more. And, um, you know, and then one thing leads to another. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Um, joining us for the first time today, I'm delighted to welcome Adrienne Taylor. Um, she is a qualified project manager. She works in the National Health Service here in the UK. Adrienne has significant experience in workforce and transformational change projects. So hi, Adrienne. Pleased to meet you. Hi, Nick. Thank you so much for having me here today. Very excited to talk about this uh, topic of project management. So a passionate topic of mine and sharing today with all of our colleagues on the panel. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. And I think it's fair to say, Adrian, that you you were kind of first came across Level Up watching us and then volunteered yourself. And here you are now. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. I, I love watching these sessions and I've been wanting to have the opportunity to take part. So this is a first for me. So, yes. Okay, brilliant. Well, thank you very much indeed uh, for volunteering. We're never going to let you go now. You're kind of, you're caught in the web. <laughs> okay, that's that. Uh, Jake Barlow joins us uh, also for the first time today on the panel. Jake is an exemplar, lifelong learner who's built what I would describe as a portfolio career, really. Um, his experience spans the arts, education, retail, and artificial intelligence. Welcome to the panel, Jake. Great to see you. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to join you today. Um, so I'm Jake. Uh, I'm the marketing executive at Training Bitesize, which is a leading provider of project and IT service management training and certifications. And I'm coming to you today from the lovely Leafly Cheshire town of Nantwich. Okay, excellent. All right. Thank you very much indeed. And a very beautiful part of the United Kingdom, which is indeed making his first appearance today on the panel is Ashish, Ashish Garg, who is the general manager over at HCL Technologies. Ashish has led global implementations of software as a service and um, customer relationship management type implementations, working with diverse teams all around the world. Welcome, Ashish. Great to meet you. 
Thank you so much, Nick. It's a pleasure to be here and very excited to kind of be a part of such a diverse panel and you know help uh, people on, along the way to you know help them build their professional careers in project management. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much. And which city are you coming from today, Shish? I am uh, based out of Noida in India. Yeah, so it's pretty close to okay. the national, uh, you know, the capital of the country. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Very good. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Paul Sutton, uh, well, he's a regular contributor. I'm sure if you've been following Level Up, you'll have seen Paul on numerous uh, kind of panels previously. He's the owner of Project Results over in New Zealand, whose focus is really on enabling organisations to improve their adoption of leading practice across the projects and change management space. So welcome back, Paul. Great to see you again. Sorry, Paul, we can't hear you. All right, hear me now? We can, yes. Yeah, okay. Sorry about that. Um, thank you, Nick. It's great to be part of the team. Uh, great to be part of such a great, um, diverse panel again. Uh, I'm really looking forward to working with you all tonight um, to answer your questions and help you advance your career. Excellent. Thank you very much. So, look, warm welcome to everybody. Um, and uh, if you're watching us online and you feel that you too could answer some of the questions, just be like Adrienne, volunteer, okay, in the chat, and we'll be in touch with you to welcome on to welcome you onto a future show. All right. Our question master for today is Sachitra Jacob. She's joining us from Bangalore um, in India. Uh, welcome, Sachitra. And may we have our first question, please. Hi everyone, the first question is from Ankur Vohra. What are the essential skills from roadmap creation, swim lanes, estimation, planning and reporting key skills which a new project manager should be aware of? Okay, Jake, start us off on this one, please. Um, I think uh, it's quite a technical question there, um, but one of the things I think is really important is soft skills, um, you know, namely communication, being able to communicate your ideas clearly is absolutely vital to, to being able to build that successful career in project management. So um, I wanted to just highlight that one uh, quite briefly and, uh, you know, just say if you are able to communicate your ideas, get them across clearly and have that kind of emotional intelligence and ability to, um, to collaborate um, is, is super important. Absolutely agree with that. You know, it's uh, one of the key things about leadership. <laughs> you know, managing a project as a leadership role is that ability to, you know, connect with people and listen to people and really respond to them in a meaningful way. Excellent start. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Ray, let's hear from you next and then we'll go to Ashish. It was just to sort of put your mind a bit at ease. You're not going to be expected to do all of that. A project manager is there to manage a project, not there to do the work. So as far as you have the, um, the key skills to just communicate and plan, and again, most places that you go to are going to have a template anyways. It's good for you to understand, you know, what is a project plan and, and a business case and what is estimating, but most places will have their own way of doing it anyways. And lastly, project manager should not be estimating because you don't do the work. So that's what I want to add. Thank you. 
Okay, right. Thank you very much. It's a really good point, actually. The conductor at the front of the orchestra needs to understand yeah. the musical score, right? But they don't necessarily need to be able to play every instrument you know, that's in front of them. So yeah. good point. Very well made. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Ashish, what are your thoughts on, on this? Yeah, I think I'll just kind of, uh, you know, second what Ray was saying, that as a project manager, you're not really expected to be uh, the master of all the things, right? But uh, most of your time should definitely go in planning because that's where you work with different people. You work with, you know, all your stakeholders and you are able to understand what the project is about. And that kind of takes you forward to be able to do the other aspects uh, that, you know, uh, Ankur, you've mentioned in your question. Okay, thank you very much indeed. I would just kind of round this off by by sort of saying, you know, develop your questioning ability, okay? Find different ways to ask questions and gain insight from others. You know, that's that's uh, one of the, the key skills to being a good consultant, no matter what role you're in. I would say it's particularly applicable, all right, in the project management <coughs> role. Asking great questions is much better than knowing all of the answers. <laughs> In my humble opinion. Anyway. All right. Okay. Very good. Thank you very much indeed, panel. Let's uh, press on if we can, Sachitra, and we'll take our next question. The next question is from Anna in the UK. I've noticed some people think project management is just a glorified admin role. How do you overcome these misconceptions and barriers to becoming a PM? Okay, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Adrienne, start us off on this one, please. Thank you, Nick. So um, this is a barrier that I do tend to come across quite often because I think people think that we're just the people there to do all the admin and to get the stuff going on a project, which is not true. And I think overcoming this is one of the ways of doing that is making sure that everybody's clear about the roles of who is doing what in terms of your project. So if you're the project manager, you're essentially leading on it, having your identifying your SRO and who the stakeholders are and who your admin people are on the project. And I think that's what is very key when you when you're undertaking a project. I completely agree with that. One of the things that television has done a great disservice to project management is airing programs like The Apprentice. It's called The Apprentice in the UK. It might be called different things in other, in other countries. They keep using this term project manager and it's just nothing to do with being a project manager at all. Um, Paul Sutton, your thoughts, please, on this one. Yeah, look, I think you've got to keep your boundaries pretty strong as well and understand what you do as a project manager. You are a key role in getting things done and facilitating things. It's not just a glorified ad, ad, admin role. I reckon stand strong. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think one of the things that we can do as project professionals is we need to behave in the manner in which we want to get that respect back from our colleagues and from the rest of the organization. So if you default into, you know, the kind of low level detail tasks, then unfortunately it becomes self-fulfilling. Um, Ray, you've been doing this, you know, for some time now. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, how best to overcome the misconceptions of the role of the PM? So first of all, I think, that we need to just acknowledge where it came from and let's not lie back then it was very document heavy you needed to to, to show what you're doing why how much how much is it's going to cost in you said yes to that you needed all of that documentation but however we're we're becoming more lean we now know that all those things that you used to create weren't really that much of value 
now having key conversations and creating those key documents is still needed. So that's never going to change, but we all know where it comes from. And here's where going into different roles, you have to just understand what do they need to know. I think in a project, there's probably about five key reports that you need. Are you on budget? Are you on time? What are the risks? And the two others just sort of depend on the field. But, you know, we, we know where it's come from and we're trying to change that idea of it. And we can only do that by being lean. And I'm going to just echo what, um, what Adrian said, um, roles, roles know your roles and stay in your lane. Someone is there to plan. Someone is there to gather requirements. Someone is there to do the work. Someone might be there to do budgets, but it's very important that we know our roles and stick to them. Hey, thank you very much indeed. Some great advice there from somebody. I kind of feel that you've lived through that just once or twice. Um, <laughs> just once or twice, Ray. So very good. Thank you very much indeed. Hopefully that's going to be helpful to you, Anna. As you start to reposition, you know, yourself and your colleagues uh, and higher up the food chain, okay? Because you can add such amazing value as soon as you start to, you know, make that change. All right, let's move on if we can. So Chitra will take our next question. Question from Divya Baumik from Bangalore. Is a PMO role the same as a project manager role? Ah, okay, so the project management office, is it really the same role? Ashish and um, then Paul, please. Sure. Uh, so I think one of the things that we have to uh, consider is that how is our organization structured, right? The PMO uh, should not, and probably in smaller organizations, the lines get very blurred right, between a PMO, between an admin and a project manager. But I think similar to the previous question where Adrian said we need to know our roles and responsibilities, we also need to be able to define a structure as a project manager. So we should be able to say that you know, this is how the structure would look like. And these are the different people who need to be engaged for enabling this project to happen. And as a project manager, it is your role to be able to define uh, a PMO role if that's what is required for you know, the scale of the project, the size of the organization. I think that's where it kind of depends on how you structure yourself uh, and drive your project. Yeah, thank you very much. Some really good points there. Paul, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, PMO is a term which has got lots of different connotations, but I see them generally supporting roles and supporting the projects and programs in an organisation as opposed to the project manager who's responsible for facilitating getting the job done. So they do share some some skills, but they are very different in the focus. Both are valid, though. So, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, both are valid. So I think it part of it's about which stream do you want to go down. Um, mm. Some people think, well, one's higher than the other. They are just different. You've just got to decide. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, certainly, um, my experience of working with colleagues in, you know, who are working within a PMO structure, their focus tends to be a little bit more on if you like, delivering the organizational governance, delivering the, you know, the uh, effectiveness, if you like, of the implementation of that project within other things. So they may be interfacing um, on the project's behalf into things like um, 
uh, a program office uh, if you're running multiple projects as part of a broader program or indeed even as part of a portfolio so it's a related area of discipline and it certainly helps if the folks within the PMO understand what you're doing as a project manager and vice versa so that uh, to raise point you don't have to do all of the work you know on your own you can actually uh, you know allow them to do uh, what they do best if you like and and make that strong contribution um, to you so very good thank you very much indeed now then folks if you're watching and you're thinking that you'd like to ask uh, a question to the panel and we can see lots of you watching online now so thank you for joining us today and um, please just type your question into the chat and colleagues will pick it up and they'll bring it into slido for you and then we'll have it in front of the panel very very soon so Chitra, if we can let's move on we'll take our next question please Question from Abhi Jacob. I'm desperate to get into project management, but I can't afford any qualification. What is your advice, please? Okay, Ray is smiling already. Ray, please oh, go ahead. You're speaking to me. This is just so dear to my heart, and I totally feel you, Abby. Um, I'm just going to say, I was I got my first qualification in 2018, and that was about the time that I was going to start to teach this. I was totally self-taught because I started my my career in twenty in two thousand and nine, and back then a, a Prince two course was at least one thousand eight hundred pounds. I couldn't afford that, and I got so frustrated about you know what am I going to do? I can't afford any any qualification. So I bought a Prince two handbook, and I jumped on YouTube. Self learning is the is 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 the fastest way if you can't afford it. There are so many free um resources apmg have a bunch of free stuff just to again get your mind to understand enough to get your foot in in that door linkedin learning udemy um google it, there's just so much but the world is your oyster but start with youtube and i would also say start with your start with the ideal job that you want and work your way back look at the types of of qualifications that those jobs are asking for and then it sort of helps you tailor as okay after i've saved up i'm, I'm going to do this course because it's going to get me this this job but until then youtube highlighter you know pens sticky notes and then um also it was it's, it's, it's quite hard to do this now but i used to shadow a lot of senior pms i just used to say can i come to this meeting please and I say yes and they say yes and I'll come and I'll go and I'll go and it got to the point that when they couldn't go to those meetings I went and I represented them because I was there for long enough so that's how I did it without paying any money so it's very possible please don't give up and eventually you'll get my heart just okay, reach out excellent. to you and if you want to <laughs> reach out to me please do sorry I stopped now that's all right. No, that's fine. That's fine. Thank you very much, Adrian. I might come back to you again in, in a little while because you've covered a broad spectrum of different ideas there. But for right now, let's move on. Let's hear from Adrienne, your thoughts, please. And then we'll go to Paul. Um, thank you, Nick. So one of the things that actually just touching on the end of Reyes points is I found really, really uh, useful for me was finding a mentor. 
and finding somebody who was in the industry who I aspire to be as a project manager and start that way in terms of uh, shadowing them and finding maybe a sector that you were interested, passionate about, and then look at LinkedIn in terms of connecting with somebody and approach them and say, I really want to learn how to be a project manager, but I just don't have the resources to be able to pay for the formal training at this point. Is there some way that I can be mentored by you or work with you? And that could be the start of your project management journey. Yeah, absolutely. What a great idea. And I love that. It's so refreshing. I always say yes to people, by the way, who want to connect with me on LinkedIn and open with that kind of approach. Always say yes. All right. Always, always, always. The people that I get really upset about on LinkedIn are the people that just want to sell me something. It's like, it's not really what it's for. Okay, really good. Thank you. Brilliant advice. Find that mentor. Start your journey. Okay. And uh, then uh, Paul, please. Yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, um, it's been said by uh, before, uh, get the book, read it. Um, that can't be too expensive. Borrow it from the library. Can't uh, buy it. Find it from somewhere else. Have a look around. It um, maybe there might be some tertiary institutions around you who offer free courses. Maybe that's a way to start. Uh, it's going to be lifelong journey, so it's just not one course. It's a lifelong of learning. So um, just start where you can. All right. Excellent advice. Thank you very much, Ashish, and then Jake. Sure. I think one approach would be that follow. While there are multiple sources. Look at one source and follow it through the end, and probably uh, you know collaborate with uh, with a mentor. I think you know, I, I would suggest both of them, but don't try and go through too many sources because project management is a vast area, and you don't kind of tend to cover everything up just by reading. So start somewhere, start small, take baby steps, but then uh, go through it till the end and see if you can have a mentor online. I think that would really uh, work very well. Thank you very much indeed, Jake. Your thoughts, please. Um, as a something of a prolific self-learner, I think Ray makes a very good point in terms of, you know, that there are lots of different resources out there. Um, but as well, when you're coming to be ready to kind of take your certification and, and, and want to study for it um, with, with a training provider, don't be afraid to talk to those training providers. Um, some may offer payment plans or, or structure it in a way to make it more affordable. Um, so don't be afraid to make that ask um, because, you know, as training providers, we want to work with you to 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 see you succeed and, and to help you on that journey. So, um, yes, it's it's really important. Don't be afraid to talk to them because they will want to advise you as well. I think that's really, really important. You know, if you reach out to people in a genuine and an and, and authentic way, then, you know, most people are actually pretty generous, you know, with their time. And um, you can reach all of the panel. Uh, I think we have uh, a little link on our website from our events page on episode 46 directly to the LinkedIn profiles of everybody who's on the panel today. All right. So if you want to connect with them on LinkedIn, uh, please feel free um, to do so and reach out to them and start that journey, if you like. Now, the um, uh, the other thing that I would say about you know this is that it, it kind of came through with a couple of folks. I think um, Ray started her off, and, and Ashish mentioned it. Um, it's a really good idea to invest in, you know, uh, choose a couple of channels of information and keep following those, all right, for a period of time. 
because that's when you start to pick up you know the the depth if you like if you're looking at this sort of t-shaped skills in project management you know what's the depth part of the t you know you really do need to kind of follow an organization for a while um so just think about that you know a little bit as you're starting your journey but brilliant question and thank you very much indeed panel and some great answers there so um let's move on please we'll take our, our next question um if we can we have a live question from Jan Van Bon. How does a project manager work with existing processes of the organization to contribute rather than conflict to the organization's agreed service delivery? Okay, Ashish. Yeah, so I think one of, uh, and being you know, in the corporate for a very long time now, I think one of the biggest challenges is that most organizations uh, have their own definitive structure and uh, framework within which they want to do project management and if you're coming from outside you bring in ideas you bring in learnings and you, you may have even done a certification program which probably suggests you a better way or a better framework to how to manage your projects i think the key over here is that you have to be able to do the right due diligence and instead of trying to uh, you know push through what you have learned you have to be a good listener first i think that kind of came up uh, somewhere right in the beginning listen and understand what is your organization doing today and figure out what challenge that they have in their existing processes i'm, I'm sure there is something that's not working for them which is why you want to contribute uh, with a different framework or a different approach right so understand that first uh, figure out what are the challenges and project your framework or your opportunity as a suggestion where you are able to guide them to say that, okay, this is the gap that I've identified and this is how I think, you know, uh, the new approach that I'm recommending will help solve that problem. So in that case, it is not really a conflict situation, but a very, very collaborative approach uh, to, you know, bringing in your ideas from the table. All right, excellent. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Ray and then Adrian. I'm just going to clap at what was just said because that was just spot on. Um, um, <laughs> and I actually did write it down. I was like, you know what? Find what is working and then don't change that. I think um, the misconception with um, with a lot of, of PMs, especially the more experience you become, you want to just come in and change everything. Some things are working just fine. Um, and I'm going to mention the Qatar model, the um, change wave. Most most changes aren't sustainable because you don't speak to the right people that are actually doing the work. I'm all about the doers. If the doers don't agree or you're trying to change and totally discombobulate their process, that's going to cause more conflict than you ever dreamed of. Define what's working. Don't change that. What isn't, conversate with them. How can, What do they think good is? And then go from there. And then don't put people into silos because of that. Change is great, but change can also create silos. We don't want that. All about, like Jake said at, at the beginning, communication, communication, communication. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Adrienne, your thoughts? I was thinking, I think Ray's brought out the, the last item, which I am absolutely passionate about, is communication skills. We need to really be very clear about who you're communicating with and on a regular basis. So it's part of your communication strategy of your project and identifying who are the st stakeholders you need to be in communication with to make sure everything works. And I think communication is key to avoiding that conflict 
of any project or anything that you're working on. It's so important to make sure that you keep everyone informed about what you're doing it and why you're doing it. Because if you want to make sure that you map against the agreed service delivery, you need to make sure that you don't conflict what that, what that mapping is. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Paul, final thoughts on this? Oh, there's a couple of metaphors. One is pick your battles. Um, so you can't fix all of the organization's problems or processes all at once. Some of them might not be any good, but you've got to think of what conflicts. And the other thing is, remember from Einstein, the quickest way between two points is not necessarily in a straight line. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to work very around. good, very good, very good. Yeah, no, I quite like that being a physicist. Uh, I like the occasional reference uh, to uh, Einsteinian theory. So excellent. Thank you very much indeed, panel. Um, some great insight there and some really great ideas. Pick your battles is uh, really good advice, actually, um, in change management. So good. Let's move on, if we may, please. Um, Suchitra, we'll take our next question. Question from Nadia in Pakistan. I find project managers often leave a role before the end of the project. How can I entice them to see a project through to completion? Okay, all right. It's the kind of um, thing that uh, often happens. When, when I was in my consulting career, project managers invariably seem to move on just before um, the end um, of a project. It was with remarkable coincidence that that happened. So what do, what do our, what's our thinking panel? Adrienne, we'll come to you first, uh, and then Ashish. Yeah, I think this is a massive challenge, if you, especially if, if you are consulting, um, because you need to know where your next project is, is coming in. You, you need to know that you've got the money to be able to support yourself moving forward. So what I always try and do is trying to build in an extra month of a cushioning at the end of a project. So yes, we have the end of the project, um, but you actually have maybe another month or two that you can continue um, wrapping up with loose ends and at that same time also start moving into a new role if there's one available. Um, so that's what I tended to do when I was using that model when I was running my consultancy uh, back in South Africa. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Um, Ashish and then Jake. Sure. I think, uh, you know, projects can really be tiring uh, and uh, you don't typically want to be associated with the project for very long because it can become monotonous. It can kind of start draining you out. So I think it is important to be able to define uh, the length of a project. So when you are looking at a project, I think it goes back to the basic definition. It has a definitive start and end date. It cannot be a very long project because then it's not project it by definition it could become a program or may have multiple smaller projects within it so if you're able to define the length of your projects make them short and crisp that gives a sense of achievement and accomplishment right because the moment you are able to see something to completion you feel uh, you have achieved something and gives you a lot of uh, you know a sense of uh, empowerment and accomplishment once you've done that i think that's that would be interesting enough unless you know, you're part of the great resignation, which uh, which can then become challenging. But otherwise, I think purely okay. from a project standpoint, it does help. All right. Okay. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Jake, let's come to you next and then Ray. Um, so I think Adrian makes a really good point there, um, you know, about building that extra uh, extra bit of time in. Um, but also something I wanted to add was um, ask communicate you know ask that project manager it may not be 
uh, the length of the project it may it may be a variety of other factors so it, it something that you work on on a case-by-case basis almost just ask that project manager see what can be done about it there um because you know that will help to kind of communicate with everyone clearly as well so you know just like we've been saying throughout the throughout the the cast communication is key so don't be afraid to ask if you know rather than trying to change something that may not need actually changing um talk to them ask them communicate with them and and that will give you a more accurate idea as to what may need to change Okay, thank you very much indeed. Um, Ray, do you see things through to completion or do you tend to you know, be so much in demand these days that people want you on to the next big thing? Because of my pride, I usually see it through. Like if I start it, I need to finish. I need to see how it's going. I might you know, just keep in contact with um, someone and then just say, how's it going? Did it fail? What, what, what do they think? Because it's just, you know, I need to. But if... I, I have left quite a few because it didn't sit well with me as a person. I'm very sensitive and the culture didn't agree. So I'm just going to ask that question back. What is the culture like? Is it somewhere that people mm-hmm. actually want to stay? Or is it somewhere that once it's coming towards the end, like so I would have projects where at first senior management are very enthusiastic. They want to be there. They, they give all the attention or some of the attention and a lot of sorry, resources. And then as things go on, their interest sort of goes and my and my team goes. And it's like, you know what? I'd rather just go <laughs> as well. So that could be the culture. And also one thing that did keep me in a role for a very long time is that they just made sure that I had no chance to leave. I was on the very next team, on the very next project. And I was there for over a year. And I was like, wow, that was really good of them. But it it, it kept me Busy and I just wanted to go on and learn new things in the same company. So that's a really, really good tip. Absolutely. Thank you very much indeed. Paul? Uh, I think you need to sort of um, think about the drivers for the project managers. Um, maybe there's some trends there. Maybe do some analysis. Maybe there's some stuff about the environment that they don't like and that's why they're leaving all the time. Um, so just think about, you know, your project managers as employees or contractors, you need to treat them in a way that they will stay. Um, the end. Yeah, I think that's a really, you know, panel, thank you very much. You've made some really, really good points. Firstly, um, uh, in a project management career, if you're going to build it, okay, you have to go beyond, you know, the, the deliverable, okay? You have to be around beyond the deliverable because that's when the benefits begun, begin to be realised. Now, often we are, you know, if there's a quick win work stream or something like that, then there are going to be benefits realized within the lifespan of the whole project or program of projects. But nonetheless, um, it's a very, very important part of career development to be able to say that you were instrumental in delivering those benefits, that you didn't just exit stage left, you know, the 11th hour and the 59th minute before this thing kicked off. Because you know, otherwise, how on earth can you put on your professional CV that you did deliver? You didn't deliver, actually. What you did was you created the solution for the organization, but it was the organization who adopted that solution and delivered. So I would argue very strongly, okay, early to mid-career is the time to stick around. You're going to learn a tremendous amount to all of the panel's points about how fleeting 
executive sponsorship can be on occasions, all right? And how demanding it is, okay, to work with the doers, the people who are actually engaged day to day, week by week, month by month, in changing those processes to deliver better value, either for citizens or commercially, whatever their focus happens to be, all right? So I would say stick around because that's when you really learn <laughs> tremendous amount, okay? So at the beginning of things and at the end of things, you know, both have equal merit. Both bookends on the shelf hold up the content in the middle, all right? So don't be surprised uh, if we come back to that kind of topic a little bit later. If you're going to build a strong career, you need to be in it all of the way through, all right? See it through and uh, take pride, as Ray suggested, in doing exactly that. Thank you, Suchitra. Let's move on, please, if we can. Question from Deepa in Dubai. I have been asked to manage my first project. Do you have any advice or tips on where to start? Okay, so the very first project being invited to lead on. Um, Ray, start us off, please. Um, I'll keep this one simple. Um, if it's a large project or uh, medium to large, I would hope and pray everything crossed that you have a business analyst. It's an important role that works very well with yours. But like I said before, you're not there to do everything. And the person that can help you along the way, that avoid a lot of headache, is your business analyst. So I'll start there and I'll pass it straight over to our project manager in, in the role now. <laughs> Absolutely. Adrian and then Ashish. I always get nervous when people say to me, Oh, I've been given my first project. I'm so excited. I've got so much to do. And there is so much to do. Um, because I think a lot of people don't understand that when they've been given a project, there's so much that could potentially be out of scope. So it goes back to your original thing, uh, Ray, I think what you're saying about, um, you know, the business analyst, we need to be so clear about what the project is actually about. And I think for before the person says yes, or before you say yes, I would absolutely utter caution to make sure that you know what you're letting yourself in for first before you say yes. Okay, excellent. Thank you very yeah, much. And I think, Ashish. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of Adrian uh, pretty much told what I was trying to say, but uh, you know, just to add what she said, I think it is important to understand uh, why the project has been initiated. Right? We spoke about culture a little while back. I think it is very important to see who's sponsoring that project and uh, you know, is it does it have a long-term stand? You know, what is it that the organization wants out of that project? Because that kind of gives you a sense of, you know, what you're getting yourself in and how complex or how big is it? So, you know, the first uh, step, I think, should be to ask as many questions as you can. Absorb that information. Spend time asking questions. And no question is a bad question, right? Understand what you're trying to get into. Understand why the project is being kicked off. And, you know, what is it that you get out of it? I think you should be also very clear with your own objective. So don't get swayed away by the fact that this is your first project. But I think just take, you know, stay calm and ask all the right questions. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Um, some really good advice there um, for you. Um, setting out on that first project, I, I would say as well, you know, just building on what the panel have said earlier, find yourself, you know, a mentor, ideally inside that organisation, because they're going to give you a great insight. If you're already working there, then, um, you know, consider actually getting, you know, some... 
less biased advice. We we all have bias built into us as human beings, whether it's um, you know optimism or association bias or you know all of these different things. They influence the way in which we behave every day. So it's sometimes really good to have somebody to talk to who's not directly involved. All right, you're not going to be sharing state secrets with them. You're going to be discreet, but it's super helpful, you know, to have somebody who can bring a little bit of objectivity to you. And uh, the last thing that I would say is as well is be prepared to put the effort in, all right? Nothing of merit comes easily, all right? You have to work hard, you know, to do this stuff, okay? And um, not, at, not at the expense of your health, okay? But you do have to put in the effort. If you put in the effort, then it stays with you for a lifetime and you get the return many, many times over, all right? Um, you know, culturally, you get the return. Commercially, you get the return. You, you know, it, you get back what you put in, I think, in life. So um, do consider that, um, especially if you are early career. All right, then. So I think we've got some live questions coming in now. Um, so, Suchitra, let's take our next live question, please. Yes, we have a live question from Dara Trivedi. I am an ISO, ISO lead auditor looking for project management or auditor opportunity in Canada. Seeking your recommendation, PINS2 or PMP? Okay, so now we're in the weeds of the flavors. What flavor of project management are we going to advise? Now we've got a variety of different kind of thoughts on this. Okay, so um, I would, I'm actually going to answer the question by, by kind of saying <laughs> neither of those two. <laughs> I'm going to throw something else into the mix entirely. Okay. I'm going to really recommend that you start looking at things like Praxis Framework. All right. And the reason for that is, is that Praxis Framework is a unifying framework that brings together people who have had all of the kinds of experiences that you're describing. Okay. It really doesn't matter which project management method you've learned or, or you're working with colleagues who have got an agile background or, um, um, I don't know, uh, you, you know, Prince 2 background or, you know, waterfall background or whatever, however you want to describe them. Practice mm -hmm. Framework is a fantastic resource to be able to tap into and to use. Um, so that's my three penny worth. Uh, Ray, we'll come to you first and then Paul, please. This is going to sound so, so terrible. And I'm so sorry to Prince, but ugh, please don't play, don't pay for Prince 2 qualification. It's online. It's, it's, it's very free. And Oh, that's, oh that's, that sounds so bad. So sorry, but don't do it. Um, Prince 2, it's been around for a long time. The resources are there. YouTube is your best friend. And if you want to do the exam, go ahead and do it um, by yourself. But just to echo what Nick said, just research first and then think about what your, what, what sector are you trying to go into and what do, does that sector use? really and it it not all project management qualifications are going to be necessary to each company that you want to apply for so please just do do diligence on the roles that you're trying to apply for thank you very much paul and then ashish um look uh yeah um you know um great uh feedback there nick and i think that's a fantastic idea i think the other thing is to also think about what's dominant in the market in Canada. And I think it might be PMP, um, but I don't know for sure. But do your research uh, because that might also help you position. Um, because regardless as to what might be the best approach, it might be what the customer perceives as important. 
And so I suggest you research that. Very much indeed. Great advice, Paul. Look what the, you know, ultimately we need skills that the market are going to accept, all right, and going to be in demand. So that's an important um, dimension as well. So thank you very much for that. Um, Ashish and then Jake, please. And, and I think, uh, you know, one of the key things is understanding where you're applying for. So uh, Prince, as much as I've understood, is more popular uh, within the EMEA side of the continent. And, you know, that's where it's more recognized as a certification but if you're looking to apply uh, somewhere within the united states or canada i think pmp is uh, what is uh, appreciated however before you start going into that route for certification it's not an uh, it's not an it's not a cheap uh, affair right so it's, it's a lot of money that goes into it and a lot many hours as well so you know just to you know uh, second what uh, uh, paul said do your research, understand if really your market is looking for the companies that you're looking to apply for, are they looking for a certification or not? Right? If, if that's a mandate, if you see you know, 60, 70% of the jobs are asking for a specific certification, then maybe you should go in for the certification. All right, thank you very much indeed. Um, uh, Jake, please. Sure, um, just something very brief for me. I think Paul and, and Ashish make very good points. And um, one of the, of the core commandments as a, as a marketer is know your audience know you know know the customer know your client know who you're talking to and and, and the culture of what goes on um so yes uh, it all depends on client your industry just knowledge is power in in those uh, in in that respect but also um you know i've been learning more myself about the praxis framework um and uh, it's it's a really kind of integrated approach to P3 management. So that may be something you want to be, even, even if you go somewhere else more specific for, for your industry, um, Praxis may be something you want to work at in the background as well, just, just, just because of how integrated it actually is. Yeah, absolutely right. I think it's really important, super important. And I forget who mentioned it, actually. Uh, it may well have been Ashish thinking about which industry vertical do you want to move into. OK, um, as an auditor, you know how important governance is and regulatory control is super influential over this as to your employability. So you do need to consider that. All right. But I would also say something else to you. OK, and I'm going to use a North American analogy, albeit not a Canadian one in this context. All right. I'm going to use a US analogy. All right. So Harley Davidson motorcycles have been aiming the same product at the same group of people for many, many years. And they actually got pretty good at it, didn't they? Right. But their performance recently has been, you know, um, in decline. And it's been in decline because that audience is not getting any bigger. All right. It is not getting any bigger. Think about the trends in projects, programs, life cycles, product development, innovation, and so on. The half-life of a product life cycle is reducing considerably year on year on year. You are going away from having projects which last for years to deliver benefits to projects which last for months and benefit realization is required much faster, much leaner in a more agile fashion. So I think be careful that you don't build yourself a career on the past. What is popular today may not be so in the future. Um, there was a great, there's a fantastic um, industry in uh, producing charcoal at one stage. All right. So just think about what the needs are tomorrow. If you're late career, possibly. If you're early to mid career, 
I doubt that those traditional project management methods are the ones that are going to differentiate you in a crowded market. The key thing for you to get across, you know, is know your audience for sure, but give them a reason as to why they want to hire you. All right, very good. Thank you for that uh, panel. Let's move on. I think we've got just about enough time to fit in two more questions if we uh, if we hurry ourselves along a little bit. Suchitra, go ahead. Question from Melanie in Sydney. What stakeholder engagement tends to contribute to project failure? How can I help people understand the importance of stakeholder engagement? Stakeholder engagement is such an absolutely key you know, um, role and responsibility and the way in which you kind of bring everybody with you. Um, Adrienne, start us off on this, please, and then Ray. I think this leads back to what I was saying earlier is about how essential it is to have a really strong uh, communication strategy in place and sharing that communication strategy with your stakeholders and telling them why you are communicating with them and telling them what you want from them and making sure that they are constantly aware of what is going on in the project and how important their input and engagement is in order for the project to succeed. So that's where the um, partnership engagement, partnership development is key to ensuring the success of any project. Very much indeed, Ray and then Ashish. Um, so I think there's sort of two questions in what you're asking is number one, to me is why is the stakeholder engagement so poor? So why aren't, why aren't they talking to people that are doing the work? And then why aren't the people that are doing the work talking back to them? So is it the culture? Is there the environment where people can actually go and find stakeholders, know the, the people and then have access to them? Is there some sort of blame culture? Is it a open environment? So there's there's quite a lot to unpack from that question but break it down into two why are the people that are that are supposed to be updated not being updated and why aren't the people up, updating them and, and i think you'll find hey. it comes down to culture thank you very much indeed um ashish and i think that's a great point that ray made culture and apart from culture i would probably add another point is uh, what uh, which motivates all of us, right? What's in it for me? I think when you start answering to the stakeholders and helping them understand how this project benefits them or, you know, and, and impacts them, the, and the impact could not always be positive. It could also have a negative impact in the larger scheme of the things for the organization, right? So it is important to be able to correlate the project and the purpose of the project to your stake. Holders. And once you start doing that, once you communicate with them and you help them understand that this is how they are going to be impacted and you're, exp you're explaining the what's in it for me, I think that makes uh, a hell lot of a difference. But that's when they start uh, looking back and, and they want to listen to what you have to say. Otherwise, you don't want to be sending just another report to them. Yeah, completely agree with that. There's a whole episode actually on stakeholder engagement that we've done uh, fairly recently. So you might want to um, have a look at that. I forget the episode number off the top of my head, but I'm sure that we'll put a link um, to it uh, in the chat for you, okay, so that you can follow up on the stakeholder engagement um, side of things. So great question. Thank you very much um, indeed. Um, Suchitra, um, we're running out of time now, so we're going to take our last question. Question from Anna in UK. 
once you become a project manager, when can you move into being a program manager? Is there a hierarchical structure to follow? All right, Paul, what are your thoughts on this? Because you work extensively across the kind of project program and portfolio levels. Yes, um, it's always been this idea that you sort of, um, sort of program manager is some kind of more senior project manager, but the general accepted view is actually they're completely different streams and they have quite a bit of different focus. So uh, you need to think about what you're trying to do. If you're trying to be the manager of the project managers, that might be the case that you could move that way. But if you are trying to do be a transformational program manager, which is looking at all organizational transformation. Just remember, they are a very different skill set, although you will need some knowledge of project management as well, but not extensively. So two different career streams. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Ray, what are your thoughts on this? Um, that's what I was literally going to say, so thank you. Um, it's, <laughs> Sorry. Um, how long is a piece of string? Um, it, it depends on on the sort of career that, you want um most pms that i know are happy being pms because they like the day-to-day -day interaction with people and the doers and they don't want the responsibility of all the projects and you're not some people see it as more of a coordinating project role like everything together and it, and it doesn't quite suit everybody to think about this what do you want as a person how much um responsibility do you want to be accountable for and yeah um and it's also very different skills too it's a different skill set and you will like there's there's a, a qualification called mpm that most program managers are now um required to have especially if you're just going in so different roles but pick for you as a person because it's different from, from from being a pm yeah, I completely agree with that. I think the, you know, if you're a hands-on kind of person, all right, and you want to, um, you know, be able to push and pull the levers and get things done and feel, you know, that you're making a difference on a day-to-day -day sure. basis, then I would argue that the project management role may suit your personality type a little better. If um, you're wanting to build a career as a, as a diplomat, okay, and start, start working above and beyond and around and so on and so on, and you're happy with influence rather than control, then start thinking about, you know, a career in program management. Now, that's a very coarse and, and possibly quite, you know, poor, you, you know, sort of analogy to use, but... Um, in, in that sense, I, I would argue that those are the, the key differences. If you drew a Venn diagram, you know, the two ellipses are going to overlap heavily, okay? But there are distinctions, as both Paul and Ray have um, suggested to everybody. All right, very good. Well, look, um, some cracking questions today. Thank you very much indeed, um, everybody, for uh, giving us your contribution online. I'm going to um, ask, invite the panel now to uh, give us your closing remarks, if I can. So, um, Ray, let's start with you, and then we'll go to Paul next. Um, I would say just go for it, just jump. Sometimes the worst that can happen is you get a no, but you could also get a yes. And once you get your foot in, learn, learn, and learn. Just follow people around until they say, leave me alone. Don't leave them alone. But it is your your chance to really, really 
get yourself to where you want to be. Keep going at it. And also remember, it's not what you do, but it's how you make people feel. It's still a very people-centered um, environment. So you put people in the center, you'll be fine. Fantastic Thank advice. You. It's not what you do, it's how you make people feel. Thank you, Ray. I'm going to use that as my mantra uh, this week um, at work. I'll, I'll try and apply that and I'll come back to you. You can, uh, you can test me later, okay, on that one. Uh, Paul and then Jake, please. Um, yeah, look, I think, Ray, uh, that was good comments. Uh, get in there and start doing, find support uh, within the organisation you're starting to do it. Uh, build skills and qualifications over time, but it is a career. It takes a while. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Jake and then Ashish. Um, I think as someone who pulled off a career pivot during the pandemic, um, I've got essentially three bits of advice. One is um, define what success looks like for you. Um, and I think that's really key. Um, you know, it's not going to be the same, not the same for me. It might not be the same for Ray or for Paul or Ashish or whoever. Define what success looks like for you and, um, and, and work to that. The second, Ray and Paul have said, be courageous, jump in, do. You know, don't be a spectator, jump in and do. Put in the effort into taking stock of your skills and into your learning and development. It will pay dividends, absolutely. Um, and the last one is, um, and we've been saying it all the way through the stream, communicate, communicate, communicate all the time. You know, it's about people. It's about managing people. It's about, it's all like Ray says, it's people centric. So if you're communicating and building those soft skills, it will pay off. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Ashish and then Adrian. Sure. And uh, uh, lastly, I would say that, uh, Every project is different. No two projects are the same. And every project will give you a different learning experience, right? So it's not uh, something that you know, if you've done five projects or you've you know, spent X years, you've, you've learned it all and you've, uh, you you know it all. There's always something to learn. There's some, some new challenge that will always come your way. So keep your uh, you know mind open and, and don't kind of get uh, stuck on. Like you, you, you know it all, right? Uh, so this is always more and more to learn and improvise your own self. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Adrienne? So I think I would just say trust your journey, be brave, um, and don't get upset if anything goes wrong because you just pick yourself back up again and keep moving. Ask for advice. It doesn't matter. Any question you ask, there's no silly question. Um, and just trust yourself, trust the journey and trust the people that you are working with and build the trust is also another thing. So I think trust is very key in all of your projects. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Sachitra, uh, final thoughts on today's episode. It's been a brilliant episode, Nick, and our panelists have offered some great advice, I must say. And uh, to everyone listening, we have some great episodes we've done in the past on project management. So do revisit our YouTube channel and you can get some more content from there. So thank you very much. Okay. All right. It's good advice, actually. Yeah. So please do, you know, subscribe to the channel. Um, uh, I'm sure that you've been inspired by our panel today. And uh, as Sachitra mentioned, you know, if you're getting value, from our content, leave a con leave a comment rather <laughs> below, and help spread the word, please, by liking and importantly, please share these videos um, with your network. Um, they are super helpful to people. 
um, and I'm sure that they're going to make a big difference. This Friday the 11th, um, in episode 47, we're going on to discuss how to become a specialist in the world of public-private partnerships, or PPPs. And in episode 48, um, next Monday, we turn our attention to the top 10 questions that we get asked on a regular basis all about agile project management and how that fits into the scheme of things. One week today, we're going to be looking at how you can bolster your cyber resilience with a deep dive into the NIST cybersecurity standard. Apologies, that's actually coming up a week on Friday. Subscribe to the show. We'll send you a personal summary of what's coming up and how you can join us here on the panel and level up your career with APMG. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.